Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast and welcome to Indiana for some reason. Today we are discussing the latest episode of Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, Season 2, Episode 3. And joining me on this episode, they can bring me a hundred trophies, but they'll never be daddy's favorite son. It's Ebukan Christopher. How are you guys doing? Hi, Monkey. How's it going? Nice, nice to be here. Excited to talk about winning time. You know, season one came and stayed with us, but we didn't get to talk about it. Happy to come yeah, to about it. Chris, two yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah, Welcome man. Back. Um, good to be back. Another good episode. Uh, setting things up nicely for the rest of the season. So, yeah, it's great to be back. Um, Ibuka, it's your first podcast appearance since your fraudulent, sorry, your legitimate <laughs> win in the Nolan draft. How, how, yes, how are you doing? I, how are you feeling? I, I'm the current draft champion, you know. Oh. I just, I was actually just thinking, now Bankale can't exclude me from the next one due to champions, rights. So, Please, if you're listening and you haven't listened to our Christopher Nolan draft, please check that out on the feed. It was a very fun draft. Um... When we had, when I had A and TMT on, if anyone hasn't listened, we're discussing, I think that's when we're discussing Mission Impossible and Barbenheimer. At the beginning of that, I went on a rant where I, I think I insulted all, all our fans, all five of them. I call them, I call them dumb voters. Um, but you know, the voting machines were rigged. The polling wasn't yeah. good. Dominion, we, we, we everything. So we live and we learn. We, I know, I know we know how to draft next time. We don't, yeah, we don't, you guys we don't go for You guys have awoken a beast in my I'm scared. Actually, I don't even want to be on the next one. Don't worry. We don't go for Memento. We just take Dark Knight, Heath Ledger, everything. <laughs> we know who we're, who we're aiming for. Anyways, but yes, uh, speaking of Barbenheimer, but, um, Mission Impossible, all those episodes are on the feed. Some is the cinema episodes are also on the feed. So please check all of that out. Um, if you want to go all the way back to uh, very stressful spring we're covering succession ted lasso yellow jackets mandalorian barry all of those shows so you can check those out if you want but yeah we're talking about winning time episode three we spoke about episode two last week we didn't speak about episode one so let me start because obviously you weren't here last week why do you like winning time um apart from <laughs> apart from apart from how much <laughs> how much magic reminds me of one of my friends whose name right is Milanki. <laughs> Apart from that, right? I could, you see, I held myself, but like, oh, something. <laughs> winning. Oh, no, God. okay, but seriously, why do, you, why do you why do you like winning time? Obviously, I asked Christopher this question last week. Why do you like winning time? And then you can talk about your like your thoughts on all three episodes so far this season. Okay, guys, uh, winning time is extremely, at least to me, extremely funny. Number one, and number two, there's a lot of interesting basketball history happening at the same time there's a story behind most of these things that are like one or two lines on wikipedia and you're actually like oh rah like this is way more interesting than i thought and of course there's dramatization but the dramatization adds to why the story is interesting like there's a story behind everything and the rivalry between the celtics and the Lakers. it might be the only thing they cover in season two like my thoughts on the season so far is that they're just going to cover just that rivalry really strongly and I think it's going to make it better than season one because it's really going to make mm. you because suddenly I am more involved or more what's the word I'm looking for invested. more invested in this rivalry than I've ever been in my whole life of like knowing that the Lakers and Celtics are historical rivals like I'm hating mm. the Celtics GM for no reason other than he's extremely cocky I'm rooting for the and then Lakers. you find out that he's like a civil rights icon <laughs> And he's yes. like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. So, guys, Winning Time is just very, very funny and very... There's multiple shows in it. There's the comedy, there's the drama, there's the scheming of Jerry Boss and, you know, the failings of an ambitious man. So, there's something for everyone in Winning Time. There's also romance for Dudu that like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, guys, for those of you like that. Uh, uh, guys who like romance, you good. Where, why can't you, why can't you, don't you, you, don't you like Robert? I'm just here to <laughs> add more to the podcast. Too. <laughs> anyway, before we go for the Winning Time Season 2 Episode 2, titled The Second Coming, is written by Max Bornstein, Rodney Barnes, and Rebecca Betu, and directed by Todd Benazel. Um, Christopher, what are your thoughts on, on this episode, following last week's? Yeah, uh, um, just a quick, uh, can you watch basketball as well? Or Yeah, yeah, I watch, I'm a casual basketball watcher, you know. 
Yeah. It's probably, or, I think you're, I don't know, you're probably like me or just a bit better than me. Yeah, like I'm like, <laughs> probably slightly, a bit better. Slightly better yeah. than Banky. I'm what the, what, what, yeah. what the kids like to call a bronze sexual. So, oh my. God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've never, I don't think I've ever watched a non playoff game in my life. <laughs> but I like, I like, I've, I kind of follow it yeah. based on like headlines and stuff, but I've never watched a non playoff okay. match in my life. That's fair. Um, I thought in episode three, another solid episode touched on a lot of things. Like, it was kind of, like the pacing was, I, I, I don't want to say it was intense because it wasn't like it was hard to follow, but we just a lot of was happening at, you know, at the same time. And, um, like I said earlier, I feel it sets everything up for the rest of the season. Getting to see more of Larry Bird is quite interesting because I have to think, I didn't know how they were going to approach him in this series. Like, I, I didn't know if it was just going to be, okay, this is like Magic's rival and everything, but they won't delve into his backstory because obviously it's about Lakers and Magic. So, you know, one mm. yeah, one might think, yeah, we'll just see everything from like Magic's point of view with just a few glimpses into Bird. But yeah, I, I felt it was good in terms of shed more light on his character and kind of, um, I guess it helps you kind of see the rivalry exactly for like what it is. Because even, for example, before obviously watching Winning Time, when you hear like some of the old, um, not old as per age, but like some of like sports journalists who are around that time, I still talk about how it was so big because literally, like, first of all, this America in the eighties, so <laughs> yeah, we like we all, we all know what that is, and it was literally mm-hmm. all the elements you can like, obviously, race, culture, everything. Like, it's literally black versus white. It's literally Lakers, like you know what that stands for. You know, sh- Showtime, Hollywood, flash. Hollywood, versus and like Boston, even yeah. the, and obviously like, that was now like um, epitomizing in, in the two star players. Magic, known for like being a flashy player, flashy passes, like they're called the Showtime Lakers. Then you juxtapose that with the Celtics, where it's literally Larry Bird. Like even when um, Red went to go and talk to him um, to try and tell him that, yeah, you know, you have come to the Celtics. And he said, yeah, like, you know, Boston is like a town for working folks. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, even though that has some, you know, weird, <laughs> some weird like implications. But I guess like, and obviously like, the Celtics were. A majorly white team at that time, even though of course, like yeah, they you know they had um, brought in black players prior, but like mm-hmm. that iteration of Celtics with um, Bird, um, McHale as like you know the two star players, and obviously you had like I said, you know they, they did have black players, but like the star players or like the biggest names on the team, they were white players. So mm-hmm. um, overall, yeah, just a very solid episode, and I'm looking forward to see like where that leads and you know episodes four and beyond. Yeah, um, I should quickly mention that. Um, Todd Benazel, who I said directed this episode, was the lead. I think this is his director debut for this for this show at least. But he was the lead um, cinematographer for last season, so like the look of the show is mostly down to him. Okay, so I like personally. I don't know. I like the idea of a bird episode. I, I think it was executed well. I think I didn't love this episode, but I was thinking about that. I think I just missed the basketball. I was re- I was like, oh yeah, I, didn't, I actually just missed the. The basketball ball again. This is the third episode of a seven episode season. It's kind of like the halfway point, essentially. So it makes sense if like this is kind of setting stuff or what's gonna like this is not my favorite episode of the season, my favorite episode or whatever. So I liked it. I just did it. I wasn't really in love with it. But obviously, as we'll touch on, is a is a winning time episode. So even if I didn't love it, there's there's so much to talk about. But I think let's start with let's start with the the Larry Bird stuff. Um I mean Christopher, how much of this do you know? Um, I knew that he went to Indiana State. I did not know, however, that he had dropped out of um Indiana first. Um, mm. So I had to go and check down Wikipedia. Apparently, it was well, that was when he was still coached by Bob Knight, who is like a notoriously hard coach, like you know, like swearing at players, very like that that kind of coach and stuff. You know, guys. I mean, for those that are listening, you can go and look into Bob Knight and see here yeah, what he was doing for Bob. But they said like on his page on Wikipedia, it said he left because like adapting to like the big um like city, city. was an adjustment. So, but I, I, yeah, I also I wonder if sick. like part of it was Bob Knight. Like I don't know that, but yeah. So um, I knew, and also I didn't know about his dad as well actually. So. Mm. I was, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew Larry Bird. I knew he was a legend. I knew he played for the Boston Celtics. I knew none of this. Like, none of this information was, like, all, all of this information was new to me. So, yeah, it was was definitely nice to know. Um, something I'm going to say about Larry, Larry Bird. I can't remember. Oh, yes, no. So, you mentioned Indiana State in Indiana. 
last week we mentioned kind of the Americanisms that I would love to see in, in football. Just the, the ring is number one. Like, let's find a way to get championship rings in, into football. <laughs> but I really like, it's funny how you just mentioned Bob Knight, right? I don't know if he coached um, pro teams as well as um, college teams, but like, it's so wild how you can be like a college basketball coach or even football coach or whatever in America and be like known. Like yours, your so like I, I love the obviously look the NCAA all of that has its problems like there's not <laughs> like let's, let's not go into that we all know th- those problems but like I do love the the way America kind of like pushes the the college system as opposed to like here where it's like if you don't make it at eighteen and you're like yours or seventeen and you're sacked from your like youth academy that might be it that's done for you but here when America obviously you get someone like Steph you get to try to your twenty twenty one or whatever. And then, like, they, they take college basketball so seriously that you can have a legend who spends the entire year just doing college. I mean, literally, initial wasn't Westhead. Westhead was college coach before he became um, the assistant last season. Um, Ibuka, Larry Bird, I know you. Did you feel connected to him as a work- working man yourself? <laughs> oh, my God. Larry Bird, that, you know, the first sign that that guy was a psychopath. In fact, when he turned into training or practice or whatever in jeans, I said he, he feels more comfortable playing this way. Everyone should have been like he, they should have sent out alerts to the NBA that very moment. That we have found the guy. This is the guy. But yeah, like uh, Christopher said, the only thing I knew about Larry was what everyone knew, you know Celtics legend, three MVPs. Hmm. The only thing in this story that I knew before this was that the Celtics did a, uh, they took a smart risk by trying to draft him one year earlier and then he went back to college and then they picked him up the next year when his draft rights would have expired. Something complicated about that. But yeah, I yeah, really sorry. like... Well, sorry, to disturb, sorry to interrupt you. Chris, can you explain that? Because I, I, I'm not sure I fully understood. Well, I tried to be Wikipedia. Yeah. I just think I fully understood what um, happened there. From what I understand, basically back then, you could draft the guy, um, I think once they became, is he a junior? I can't remember. Well, yeah, you could draft people early just so you would have like their draft rights. But obviously, like the the understanding was that you know they had to come and join your team, um, mm. like after a year. So basically, um, when Red came to you know talk to Larry, it was like you like you know we picked you. You know we're gonna sign that you know you are going to come. So from 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 what I you know gather, it's like if um, Bird had passed. Um, basically, like that draft pick from Celtic could have, you know, all been for nothing, and he would have gone back into the pool. And I, I, from, I, I haven't checked, but I guess the Celtic they have um, a high pick again to take yeah. him. So, um, I guess all, that was also why that Red now played on like his ego and stuff. Like you know, if you go back into the, you know, into the pool and it's like you versus Magic, <laughs> like uh, what are they gonna say after you guys just played and you know kicked your ass? So it wasn't him versus Magic. Am I misremembering? So him and Magic were not in the same draft class. Um, no, I think that yeah, that's the thing. I think like they picked, like they came into the league together, but like Bird got mm. picked like the previous year, so like there was never a choice of like, do I take Magic or do I take Bird? Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. So this one was a while ago. Anyway, yeah. Guy, any final thoughts on? The um, what was I saying about Bird? Yeah, like, and I really like that this episode focused on him because, like Chris was saying, like. You know, you never know if they're just going to make him a boogeyman that just popped up now and then <laughs> to haunt magic. But I like mm. that he has a backstory. It gives the rivalry more meat, you know, and it also it, it's also a story that could also make you root for Bird in his own right. So I really enjoy that. Although he seems like a cold, emotionless SOB. So that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so there's obviously, we mentioned this last week in our disclaimer, there's been a lot of talk about characterization on, on this show. Mostly with like um, Jerry. Jerry West, Westhead, even Riley. <laughs> like they paint Bird to be a psychopath. And I feel like everything I've heard about him was that he was quite personable. Really? So, <laughs> so maybe I've heard, maybe I've, yeah, maybe I've heard the say, wrong like, thing. From, from what I'm seeing, I don't think this is too like ludicrous. Because from everything about Bird, like he was a crazy trash talker. Like even when he was playing yeah. with those it's, like guys from work and he was like, you know, Maybe you guys should practice and try and give me a challenge. And even when he, when he went to Indiana State, I was like, um, when he kept on scoring and then his coach was counting and he was like, oh, I thought he said that there would be competition for me here. Like that, that he was, he was like a well-known trash talker. Like literally, um, one of like the most famous stories of like from Larry Bird's NBA career was 
think when they were playing against the Hawks and then Dominic Wilkins, who was like an all star in his own right, like Bird kept on cooking him and like got to a point where like Dominic Wilkins, I think he swung on like Bird because like and apparently the way he talked to you was like very subtle. He'll be like, "Oh, um, I'm gonna go here, pump fake you twice, and shoot." And then, and then he would do it like, oh, you know, I'm going to come back here, go once behind my back. Like, and that was how he used to talk to people. So, like, and it was always, always very subtle. Like, it wasn't anything, like, you know, too crazy, but he just would actually do it. And, like, that was what he was known for. Um, there's another incident of him, like, before the three points, um, contest back then. Hmm. Apparently, he went in there, like, a group full of black players as well. So, <laughs> it's a controversial story, but apparently he said, which one of you, Ends is gonna come second, and then <laughs> he went out and won it. So I mean, well, is this like no, like, no, this... like it's actually it's, it's actually reported like apparently like so it's confirmed. Like people have said it over. Like I don't know if it's written anywhere like the story, but apparently like that's what he actually said. But what I think the I think the more common story is he said which one of you MFs is gonna come second, but apparently what he actually <laughs> said was actually worse than that. So yeah, but that's I feel like there's another for. story I've heard where he like when he was playing. If they put a white player to guard him, he took it personal. <laughs> send, 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 send. So that was like, send a black one to be, I deserve more respect. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know, can but I say something I think, though? Yeah, no. Speaking on Live yeah. Bird, right? If there's one thing that I want to be like a pro athlete for, even though it's for only six months, is that, you know, Magic gets the girls, some of them get the clothes, some of them have the money. But the ability to tell someone that, I am better than you at this. And I will do what I say. I'm pretty. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah. So maybe maybe I heard the racialized versions. We depended Larry Bird as the, like, the good kid. And Magic as the... As the... the black hooligan, yeah. <laughs> because, I, but I, I mean, I guess for me, the psychopath part is even just like the fact of like, which he probably did. I mean, let's be honest, like keeping the scrapbooks of all that stuff, of all the... Of magic beating him, and th- which is, if I'm being honest, we know at least we were the last dance. That's probably most likely what happened, especially in that in that time. Uh, it's a fun story about the the actor that plays Larry Bird and that um, Sean Patrick Small, because I think years ago, I think early 2000s, he like optioned a book about Larry, and he was trying to develop something. Even when when he was like much younger, because he kind of looks like Larry Bird, he wore Larry Bird's number. They used to call him Larry Bird as as a child. Um, on his basketball team and then like I think he optioned the book for, just for years like kind of getting to make this Larry Bird show or movie or whatever then he heard about winning time was like oh okay maybe I'll just like audition and just to be in the room just to kind of get some information regarding that and then they had cast someone else Um, wow I can't believe his name his name is leaving my head Anyway, I'm actually I really like actually, so I'm quite annoyed that he's he's leaving my head. Um, it's just it's a pop up the episode, but they had cast him and then he dropped out, and then just because this guy had so much Larry Bird knowledge for like literally decades, he was able to put that into his audition and he got the part, which is just quite yeah. So he spent like years working on a different Larry Bird story, and then he managed to just get this randomly. Um, should we move on? Bo Burnham, that's the guy I was thinking about. Oh really? Larry Bird. That's interesting. Yeah. They it's know. interesting. I don't. I. I don't know how. I can't see it. But because I like Bill Burnham so much, I'm, I will have been interested to see it. <laughs> but like, I've never seen him do anything athletic, so that'll be quite interesting. But obviously, he has the look. The look yeah. being lanky and white. So, um, any final thoughts on Larry Bird before we move on? Obviously, so at this point, it's one-one. It's Larry and Celtics one title, uh, Magic and Lakers and Jerry one title. So, and we're heading into the 1982 season. Um, I want to talk about normal magic. But before that, can we just spend a little bit just talking about the humanity of, of trades? Yeah. Oh. It's it's crazy. You know, do you guys remember a tweet that was circulating around Twitter like a f- couple months ago where this like lady, she was like, how do footballers cope with transfers? Don't they miss mm-hmm. their friends? And I was just mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. obviously, everyone was now talking about it during that period. I'm like, imagine a basketball trade. Like imagine, yeah, I, 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 I want to be like, you're talking about football transfers. Think about basketball or baseball trades. Like that's just the, like, I think first time I saw what a trade really was when I first watched Moneyball. Because I, I think, I don't think I knew it probably because I wasn't watching other sports at that point in time. And I watched Moneyball and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like they have no say in them. At least, <laughs> at least football, you can be like, I'm just going to run down my contract. I'm yep. not going anywhere. You can be an asshole. These guys have no say. This guy was literally like he has he has was it twins or triplets and just bought a house. Mm-hmm. What 
to the point where it's only so the, the stars of the stars, like very few players like the LeBrons, the Carmelos, have been able to put a no-trade clause in their contracts. Like, if you sign... That's how I say, like, yeah. Obviously, like you said, there's problems with how, like, sports are in America. The owners mm-hmm. and GMs in general have too, almost too much power, too much acclaim. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. It's evil. It's... Uh, trading is... It's ridiculous, man. It's just like... Some guys just made a decision in the back room uh, but, and it's like, oh funny, yeah, you're out. The funny thing is, is yeah, it's a slightly less humane version of transfers and everything else. But if you try and explain transfers and shit to aliens, it will still look crazy. Be like, oh, so you guys have a history of buying people and selling people for work, but you guys just rebranded it into, you know, sports. Cool, cool. I hear that. I mean, I guess the thing for transfers is that you can be the one to agitate it. Yeah. Like through your agent or whatever. That can be the only like saving grace, quote unquote. But just like, I think Moneyball, didn't they, they traded somebody like minutes before the match, before their game. But they and traded it was like, people yeah. During the games. And like, <sighs> people know Christ. about the trade anyway. before you. So I think they, they interviewed that guy, the real guy, Chones, and he said like he, like he just swore at West Head. Like, all that is, like, legit. It was just like he just ranted at Westhead. Um, okay, let's talk about Norman Magic. Do you talk about Magic's contract first or oh, talk about the... Are we also going to talk about Westhead at any point? Or? Yeah, we'll talk about Westhead. Do you want to do Westhead now? Can, can oh, yeah, I was just going to say since, like, you know, the trade thing came up and it was, you mm. know, Westhead. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's that, obviously, because of the way the show is, I guess this is, you know, why people might complain about being characterized a certain way. Because... Yeah. Westhead is coming across very bad. <laughs> like this. Oh, <laughs> like, like we, said, we said it last week. Didn't yeah, you? Like, like it's like this week was even worse. It's literally just like oh, it was so bad. Just I don't know. He's so um insecure about himself. He's becoming like a meg like is it a megalomaniac or something. It's just literally like we were talking to Ryan. Like you know, you'll be my um <laughs> lieutenant, and it's okay mm-hmm. as long as everyone knows that that you're mm-hmm. my lieutenant. Like it just seems so like. The way it's going, it's like it's literally only going to end one way. Like you can't push mm-hmm. everyone away and try and you know surround yourself with yes men or people who you know like will just be willingly subservient. So it's literally it just looks so bad now. It's like at first I thought I was going to feel bad for him when eventually like they stuck a knife in his back, but now the way it's looking, it's like he's inviting them to stick the knife in his back. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, like I didn't know how Riley became thingy. I just thought it was kind of like maybe Westhead had bad results and then it happened. So like. Obviously, them painting it this way is quite interesting. Yeah, from what um, I knew prior mm-hmm. is like the issue was that magic, like the story I know is that magic and Westhead didn't see eye to eye. So he basically went to bus and asked them, you like to get Westhead out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously, um, the natural. So basically, like Chelsea players. Uh, <laughs> as in with who? Lamps? Yeah. <laughs> well, not even Lamp. No, um, the Hazard Conte time. Yeah. <laughs> Since 2004. <laughs> The entire Roman reign. But yeah, so that's why I knew. But now, like I said, this is looking more like no one liked Westhead. Like, mm. yeah, but... And they all liked... Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, Riley. Riley. So, but Including, like, staff. Exactly. So, but then, like I said, the story I knew was that Magic just didn't see eye to eye with him. Hmm. Uh, in my research, they found out, they said, that, like, yeah, that... There is no, like, documentation of Riley and Westhead having that kind of, like, conversation. But it was clear, I think even from Westhead's biography, that these guys were not saying eye to eye, that Westhead felt like Riley was kind of going, becoming too big for his for his his position. But then Riley also felt like Westhead was being quite insecure and too, like, using his ego as a, as evidence in that um, Thompson trade from last week. Uh, but yeah, it was just interesting to, yeah? Speaking of Westhead and characterization, like, it's just a poison chalice, like being the coach of a team like the Lakers and coming through the roots Westhead came through. Like, there's no way he was never, there's no way he was ever not going to end up this way. Like, you could be the most secure person in the world and you have a star player that everyone basically sees as family to the mm-hmm. owner. Mm-hmm. And you have an assistant who is obviously really talented. And you, people have been questioning your credentials since, like, last year. So it's it was just always going to be on edge, be paranoid, be scared that something's going to happen. So I, I don't know, like, I almost... Well, I mean, think. I guess the, the alternative is, what, the alternative is that you'd say, okay, I'm just going to like, 
this is how it's going to be. I'm going to like, I'm not the main guy in this team. I have to accept that. I just have to do my Fair. job and Fair. get the rings and like live off my rings. Fair. But he wanted to make the team his own. Yeah. And like, I think remembered. no one, yeah, no one should quote me. Please do your research. But I think that he, he actually introduced the system in real life a lot earlier than the show shows it. Okay. So like he tried to introduce it before Magic even going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which makes sense because he's trying to create his own his team. Own he's team. like, oh, it's kind of like, how do I put it? If Pep gets injured now and his assistant wins, I'm like, okay, next season, no more like whatever Pep is doing. We're, we're, yeah. we're doing our own thing, right? And nobody, nobody, everybody's like, why? Why are we changing? Like, what were you doing already? And he's like, no, I want to make this team my own. I want to put my own stamp. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was, it's funny watching it knowing that Riley is going to become the guy. And like, you're just like, why are you alienating everybody? Why are you becoming so insecure? Like, why are you attacking Jerry West so much? And apparently, so I can't remember the name of the guy, the guy that they wanted to draft it. I won't like say some sort of happens, but he ends up becoming like a, a GM. He ends up becoming like the oh, latest yeah. GM. Mitch he Koptuk, comes, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jerry West assistant for a while. I didn't, uh, that, that's a name that I did not know until I watched this episode. So like, Same. that's kind of NBA knowledge I have. Um, one last okay, let's thing. go to Magic and... Well, yeah, okay. Just one last thing on West End. No, no, no. Who's everyone's favorite member of the non-playing staff? Uh, <laughs> um, I, there are two people. And I, okay. I think I, I know... I, I feel like you're one of the two. Okay. Obviously, I love every time that Jerry West opens his mouth. Okay. <laughs> because he's going to be angry for no reason. Can, can I say something? But I have something but, yeah. in my notes. I never understood when women said they like seeing their men angry. Until I met Jason Clark as Jerry West. Like every time someone pisses him off, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. Please. I, I've never I seen wonder, like, such latent anger in them. I wanted Jason Clark's like vocal warm up for, for playing this character because he's always shouting. <laughs> like, how does he not lose his voice? He's always shouting. That is what losing seven NBA he... finals does to a motherfucker. <laughs> fair enough. Oh, you know what, fair enough. Like, I, I find it more realistic to believe this, that this is actually how Jerry yes. West was in real life than like what everybody says he was, which is obviously a calm and good guy. Yeah, because I it's think, like I don't know from like that's the thing. Like before this show, what I like what people said about him was that he obviously like he was a good person and all that, but like he obviously was frustrated with the way his career had panned out, like, you know, mm-hmm. losing those fans out. So like he was kind of like a tortured genius. That was kind of what I think I'd heard you used to describe him like that you know it, it weighed on him but like seeing this version of like you know or this portrayal is kind of like ah you know literally like you said always upset like always <laughs> like you know he obviously because he it makes sense yeah like he's a, he's a very good gm like even his track record like everywhere he's been hmm. like you know he you know he played a role doesn't win because of the year several times or something yeah he, like he played a role like even like with the um, warriors who was like an advisor um to warriors for a while i think was hmm. advisor with the sons when they were good Am I correct? Wait, this Warriors? Like, this yeah, yeah, like, uh, like at, oh, at, wow. at the beginning, like, he was there. Like, even, I think he even spoke to KD when KD joined them. I think he was one of the people who, like, spoke to KD, like, prior to him going, oh, like, yeah, so yeah, he's, he, he's a very good GM and everything. So, sorry, like, he's a very good executive, rather. Hmm. So, like, I don't know, this characterization is just like, <laughs> don't you have to be, like, a really good people person? Maybe it's like, it's what he was inside. <laughs> yeah, Do you know, like I think yeah, of him maybe, as yeah, maybe it's like I think of this character as kind of like two things as like a Bugs Bunny villain or Joe Pesci's character in Home Alone. And like he's so like he he's so so you know how Joe Pesci was it felt like he was trying not to swear. Yeah. Like he, he was so angry, he was trying not to swear in Home Alone. Like this guy is just like it's just you know when like Bugs Bunny would throw an anvil on a guy and you just he just bursts. He's just like that, that explodes. Yeah. That's just he's just always ready to just go. And he's just he doesn't he can't even articulate his anger. But back to your original question, the other person for me is is Chick Hearn. Just like why? You know, thank you. I was gonna say, like, you know how last week I was like the guy being on the plane with them, like that's normal, but like how engaged yeah. how like they're talking about trades and you don't see Chick Hearn there. Like, <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, why are you here? So random. Yeah, man. Oh, oh my god. Imagine if like the Arsenal media uh commentator was just there when they took away Eddie and Atesta talking about trans. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, yeah, so let's talk about normal magic. Uh Christopher, do you want to start with the magic contract or the or the brunch? Um, I guess we just go like in order, I guess like the magic contracts. Okay, we'll start with contracts, yeah. yeah. 
Um, 25M for 25 years. Yeah, things that I'd also seen that before. And at the time, it just never made... As even now, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. Like, obviously, I get why he did it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Signing that amount of, like, that kind of contract for anything just seems crazy to me. Like, anything can happen. Um yeah, we're watching the, we're watching the, we're literally watching the Chelsea Revolution. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, that, yeah, but that's what we're I'm literally saying. watching like, them have ten yeah, year contracts. Yeah, and the Chelsea contract to me is also madness. Like it is madness, <laughs> but it's happening. Yeah, it's happening, but like I can never. I don't also, know. Think about and, think about the value of money. Let let me even Google right now. What twenty five million in nineteen? Okay, yeah, maybe that might help me because I'm like, bro, because NBA contracts are only going up. So it's like I I'm not sure there would be a certain threshold where Magic would probably like underpaid. But then obviously, oh no, okay, like, so yeah, but he had like long term yeah. security, I guess. But no, so, so in my in my research, um, oh, in the fact checking research, twenty five mil what? in nineteen eighty, yeah, is ninety two yeah. mil today. Mil, mil now, yeah, that's still yeah, underpaid though for twenty five yeah. years, guys. I think <laughs> yeah, to, but I, I need to. I think we need to stop watching sports because if someone gave me <laughs> twenty mil today, I think I'll sign like the remaining seventy years of my life. Guys, <laughs> people are like, oh, why would somebody? Why would somebody go to Chelsea to be te- third string? I'm like, he's getting eighty k a week for ten years guaranteed. What are you talking about? Like, of course I'm going to sign that <laughs> if it means I watch it. I have the best seat in the house. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally watching it from Because I had that exact same reaction. When the guy was like 25 mil for 25 years, I was like, just that? Damn, smells broken here. And there's me like trying to struggle 100 pounds together for the weekend. No, but like, but Magic said it now. Nobody's going to pay 25 years, right? As in yeah. like, so, but okay, so back to what I said, in fact-checking research, it was like, yeah, this is what actually happened. Because I'd heard vagaries of that, but I didn't really like investigated it. And I was like, this is actually what happened. This is what he offered him. But... Jerry Boss kind of knew what was coming. He knew the free agency yeah, was coming. Exactly he knew like. that like <laughs> he knew that very soon that number would not make so it made sense a lot of sense from Jerry Boss's side. Yeah, of course. Right. But he knew that that number would not make like that number would be nothing. And apparently in a few years' time, Magic kind of has he realizes like I'm getting on the page. Exactly. So he, like. goes to, he goes to renegotiate. I don't know, I don't know the result. I didn't oh, I didn't okay. want to find out. I didn't I don't okay, know the result okay. of the renegotiation. But he actually went to renegotiate. Because like in like three years' time, he was like, I am I, so basically, it's like what I'm the best in the league, and I'm earning one a year, one million a year. Yeah, and that's guys, like, isn't, isn't it funny how like sometimes things happen in life that are like a perfect storm? And this is a really good thing the show did, by the way, is that you see Magic ask, "Was it normal about his contract extension that went from, was like, Coop. Uh, was Coop. Yeah, Coop from like twenty five to three fifty k?" And at that point, Magic mm. asked and found out that he got like a ten times increase on his salary. And Magic was insecure about his injury. He wasn't even thinking Jerry is like thinking ahead of the free agency thing. Magic I think it was, was just, the injury and like the air ball. Exactly. Yeah. Magic was just insecure Both about things. his own standing, not knowing mm-hmm. that Jerry had like a scheme and a plan to lock them all down. So yeah, if not for those things, who knows, man? And it's funny because if that if that news comes out, right, people are cooking Jerry Boss for like two years. Yeah. Yeah, like people are like, "What are you doing? This is so stupid." Until like, and like, he could probably lose his job. Like, so many things could happen if that news. But he knows, like, it's weird. Like, you can see, you can see the vision. Nobody else wants to see the vision. And like, imagine like Twitter is cooking you. Shannon Sharp is cooking. Todd Bowley. Stephen A. Smith is cooking. You're like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> maybe, maybe Todd Bowley is actually. Oh shit, guy, <laughs> please, man. I hope not. <laughs> Have I just talked myself into believe that Todd Bowley is, is a visionary <laughs> and he's seeing what we cannot man. see? <laughs> Bully billions, man. I, I, I like, believe it. I like believe, I believe in like, football gods. You can't outsmart them. You can't outsmart fair. I mean, I mean, but about the, trying to basketball gods. It's not if he's buying bombs. He's buying good players. Like that's that's the only thing about the old Chelsea team. People are wishing on the downfall. But I'm like, is, 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 this guy is not signing people that are not good players. Hmm. Yeah. Man, so my thing, I, I said it man. because I said it to you guys now. Like my thing about this Chelsea thing is that my fear is always that like. In the end, money finds a way. Money finds a solution. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you throw enough money at a problem, you would fix it. It might take longer, than, but you will fix the problem. And, like, you're right. Like, yeah, he's buying... A lo- you think about Marco Marine, right? He comes into Chelsea that, that summer. But that same summer, I think they get Hazard. So everybody forgets Marco Marine, even though we all... Lo- I think it was that same summer. I think. Or yeah. well, it was one year be- between them. Yeah, but anyway, he basically is overshadowed. So some of those guys in this Chelsea team will be Marco Marines. But, but a lot to be hazards. Like, so it's just like... Please, man. I have enough anyway, existential well, dread over Pepper Man City. I don't need to add Chelsea to that. Um, okay, so let's talk about the, the brunch. So, um, 
I was going to save you save this for the fact checking corner, but I might as well say it now. In fact, I can. This brunch happened, but it happened in Vegas. So, like, um, what's his name? Jerry Boss flies them over to Vegas, and then they have the brunch. I have thoughts on the, about this scene, but let me start with you. What are your thoughts on this scene? What are your thoughts on the whole Norm Nixon thing? Um, my only thoughts on this scene is I felt like we were transported to another movie or another show entirely because they basically helped. Like Magic and what's his name, Jerry Boss, basically Boss. intimidated Norm in a way that's is more that is more appropriate in a show like The Sopranos or The Wire as opposed to the winning time we've been watching for two seasons. They didn't trash talk him. They didn't do any of the flashy ha-ha-ha we've been seeing. They were just like, yeah. come on now, you know, you can talk to us. Like, tell, us tell us what's the real issue here. Do you, do you want to be here? It's completely fine. I can fine. trade you to any team, but it's just because you're so good. Like, it's like it's kind of like, I can trade you, but just remember that you're so good. That's why you can go to any team. It's just like, oh, okay, thank exactly. you. It's, it's, it's even Succession-esque because they're like, you know, I like you, but you know, this are, these are my options. I could do this to you, but just because I like you so much, you're my guy. I wouldn't mm-hmm. do that. So are you going to behave or are you going to like <laughs> make me explore my options? Yeah. Are you going and to be Norm, Norm did some incredible acting in that scene, by oh, the way. I have thought Norm. I I am fucked. <laughs> like I love I love Los Angeles. Uh Chris, do you have thoughts on this scene? Yeah, well just in a way it ties into what we spoke about last week in terms of and I guess it I guess maybe you can say this is what Westhead was scared of. Like, cause magic, mm-hmm, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, no matter. How, and I guess, I guess, it's privilege of being a star, cause no, no, no player should have all that power. Like, cause literally, mm-hmm. like, no one walked in, probably thinking, okay, not in your second year, you yeah, can't like, have this power in your second let year. Me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, let me talk, you know, with Jerry Buss. We can hash things out. And they're like, oh, by the way, Irvin's here, and it's like, what? <laughs> like, so you get there, and then they're saying all these things, and it's like, you know. It's kind of thing like, yeah, anything you say kind of will be used against you. You just have to be like, okay, yeah, man, um, do I say what I really feel? And then there is no war in Basing Sing. Exactly. <laughs> like, do I say what I feel? And then, um, tomorrow morning I hear I'm being traded to like Utah. I don't know if that was the franchise then, but like, yeah, like, I mean, mm. or do I just, yeah, to the party line and go along for like the great ride? But like now he knows, like, for a fact, moving forward, no matter what I think, this is magic. Mm-hmm. It's like magic and Jerry. Like, and if it's ever going to be me versus magic, just know that at the back, magic has Jerry behind him. So it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah, like, how I do don't you know, say, how Jerry, but like, say whatever you want to say. But how do you say whatever you want to say when <laughs> the person you're going to say it against, like, was at the meeting before you? Is like, he track, basically you know? organized the meeting. Like, what you, you can't say what you want to say. It's like, so I love this scene because for many reasons. One... I don't think there's been a scene in Winning Time, what we are now, 13 episodes, where I have not liked Magic Johnson until this scene. Where I was like, I feel like you're the villain of this, <laughs> yes. this piece yeah. right now. I think, like I said last week, I really like Devon Nixon so far this season. Like, it's just weird. Every time you think about his playing his father, that's just so wild to me. Um, I thought I thought the performance was quite fun. Episodes one, two, two, you got quite more to do because of the whole trade and everything. And, crashing out and but then this that scene because that scene starts off with jerry getting norm right from the car it starts with him it doesn't like the scene could start with magic and then they'll be like oh norm is here and then we kind of feel that there's some connivance or whatever but the scene starts with norm so we're on a high with norm like oh yeah norm you get to talk to jerry boss like you get to have your own one-on-one maybe you get your own 25m for 25 years whatever <laughs> like and then it comes crashing down and it cr- so our expectations crash the same way norm crashes down and from that moment on like we're following norm we're in norm's pov in that scene so like the we're seeing magic the way he's seeing magic. is like yeah. and then he can't he like we said he can't talk like you you know we can see that he wants to talk but he can, he's like he's like i'm good i'm good i love I love Los Angeles. It's just, I don't know. I think the structure of that scene is so good. I think Devon's performance is so good. I think Jerry, but obviously Justin Riley is great in every scene, but like, he's like, you're right. He's doing the Sopranos, whatever things like, he's saying the nice things, but like, it doesn't sound nice coming from his mouth. <laughs> Magic is like walking around in a very cockish yep. way. He's like, they're, they're shooting him where you can see that he's actually blocking Norm's view of Jerry Boss. 
And he's like, you fucker, like, can you just sit down? Can you just, like, can you just, can, can you just sit down? Yeah, can Norm just think? <laughs> I just, I really love that scene. I just, I, I was watching, I was like, I think this is such a great scene. I think Devon Nixon is doing such a good job in this scene. Like, the emotions you go through in that scene, you're like, oh, I, like, they did it so well to put us in Norm Nixon's point of view in that scene. I just thought, because, like, you could be Magic's point of view, like, oh, why is this guy making trouble? Like, we won, like, we can't win if they shot it differently. But why in his, why in Norm's point of view? And just like, yeah, like you say, I need to tow the party line because there's no way, there's no way this works out for me. <laughs> It's yeah, it's so interesting. I really, I really, I think that's the best scene of the of the episode, maybe of the season so far. I really, really like that scene. I, I like the performances in that scene. Um, and then yeah, um, I have a bit of that in the fact checking corner. But I can we can go there when 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 we finish. But I don't know. I, I feel like I mean, there's a bit of family dynamics still going on, which I've been referenced in the intro about you won't you won't be uh, dad's favorite son, and. <laughs> So if you listen to when TMT and AI were, were what we're talking about, I think we were recommending shows that episode. Um I've been accused of talking about a particular show too much. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reference the show that that, that, that scene quite clearly reminds me of it because I already mentioned it earlier this episode. But like, yeah, I mean children fighting for their father's love through business. I <laughs> I wonder what show that is that that's about. Um but yeah, I mean like you feel like there's a I mean there are four episodes left in the season, so you feel that like there's some family business dynamics coming up rest of the season they're just kind of setting up the the steps even honey like christopher and i touched touch on last week like if you i i think she's a composite character well, jerry boston like i said there's something for everyone i think we really all live the same life in it so let me just say like that uh, explain explain what you mean explain i know what you mean i don't live that life i want to know what you mean uh our fans, our listeners want to know, our watchers on YouTube want to know what you they, mean. Like, what, they, what, what, they, what do you can, mean? They can find out on the next episode. Ah. Uh, we, we're running out of time. I'll describe <laughs> that. <laughs> um, money makes everything easier. This guy just means going to buy all the flowers in California, quote-unquote. Like, just like, like money, money just makes everything just life easier. When 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 they knew each other before, when he was poor, what would he have done? He would have bought one rose. <laughs> life. Like, no, but yeah, I think I think Honey is a composite character of like probably different women from Bossy's life. I don't I don't know if she was a particular person. I, that's why I think I'll confirm by the next episode. Um, that makes sense. But yeah, I don't know but, anything you guys want to touch on. Well, yeah, I was going to say it's going to be interesting to actually see because that's another thing as well. I I've heard Magic talk about um you know he and his wife um like, we know like they end up getting married and everything. Yeah. So like seeing all the you know on and off again. Um, I'm not going to move to. Ellie, I can't beat Ellie. Yeah, um, do you care about that plotline? Yes, I, know, I, mean, I do. Like, what do you, do you care? Can like, that's something? weird. That I care me. greatly <laughs> because have you seen Cookie? Number one, number two, right? <laughs> I literally have a note in my notes, and one of my lines is "Cookie man, Cookie poor Cookie." <laughs> <What>? <laughs> because yeah, so just, if it's, Magic it's, does it's, not fix up by season by season three, oh god. But we know, like, yeah, we, know how saying, yeah, we know how it ends. But like, seeing so all know. of this happen, like, or even because I'm also thinking about it. I mean, some may say, but definitely not me. Like fear, like fear women, because the way it's even going, the fact that she has a man, Amadik knows she has a man, and she, has, she Amadik, bro, she's having this about, late night yeah, exactly, call like, about exactly, and, and he's like, you know, um, y'all go and do your own thing, and she, he's trying to insist that, oh, you know. At the end of the day, I know that you know you're going to come back to me, and it's I'm like, bro, you can't be really, mad, and, <laughs> can't be mad, and like, and she really you know, does exactly. So that it's just. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I guess if it was fictionalized or we didn't know, like, then maybe I'll be more invested. Like, oh, does she go? But I don't. Maybe because I know she. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I'm as invested as I should be in that Sounds part. Like that means that means you don't like gossip, maybe. <laughs> because why? because I mean I don't like, like gossip, but why does that? Yeah. Because if you like gossip, you want to know the gist, everything that he did to her and everything that they went through when they ended up together. Well, I mean, okay, that's, I mean, but like, I don't know if anything can, because it's Magic Johnson, right? We know the escapades he went on. Like, this is not, nothing here is salacious. Like, he said them in, in interviews himself. So I think knowing all of that already in real life, I know that he's turning back together. Well, I think for me, the surprise, actually, let me, let me be honest, in season one, I did not know that him and Cookie were a thing before so like, i thought he had met her like just in life i didn't know the way thin before he was magic so i was like wait you're telling me the way thin and then all of that happened and then like they became married i was like so anyway 
I, I'm not like I don't hate the plot line, but I'm not as invested if that makes sense. It's probably like bottom. Not bottom, but like quite low. Maybe the maybe the honey one is actually bottom. Wow. Chris, maybe, you're like, maybe, maybe I don't like romance. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a good plot line. Like, so when you watch the you watch the Jerry honey plot and you're like, oh wow, this is so great. I, I said fine. I said Magical Cookie, like Jerry and Honey, I don't so far. I've not been moved, but like I said, Magic and Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's bottom, and she, then just above it is Magic and Cookie. She seems so, like, you know, hell-bent on all the things that you stand for. I'm not a fan. Like, Ellie, I'm not a fan. You know, and she said, it like, you know, you're always chasing women. Like, so it's like, why would you now willingly dive into that? Even, it's like, well, I guess it's just one of those things when you know that something isn't good for you in quotes, but you still go ahead. <laughs> Let's just see. I guess maybe his quote-unquote compromises. He just tries to do them out of, you know, out of sight. <laughs> so that way maybe she will not be as aware because that's the I mean, we'll see. Sense. I don't know if, we'll, I mean, what are we talking about? We'll, we'll find out as, as, the, as the episodes go on. Uh, okay, fact-checking corner. Wait, are we doing fact... Before we do fact-checking corner, right? Mm-hmm. There's something I want us to start doing and I noticed it mm-hmm. like a couple minutes into episode one. I want mm-hmm. us to start placing ourselves in the winning time episodes. And I'm just going to place myself in episode one because I wasn't on any of the thing. But actual okay. name of the boss company had me laughing out loud. Oh, what? <laughs> the white boss. Oh, actual white name boss. of the boss company. I love when they do that. But I'm also just going to like speed read a couple of my notes that we touched on most of them, but just once, one or two, right? The first one is I love how winning time wastes no time in season two and gets it into what the show is really about. You know, first scene, the beef between the Celtic and Lakers. Second scene, mm-hmm. Magic Johnson shagging. Like, no, no skips from, from basketball. You think that's the order? That's the order yeah. of, on their whiteboard yeah. in the writer's room? It's, that is it's what the show is about. basketball, magic, sex life. That's just it. Like, then, literally, my second note after that is like, Magic's horniness is crazy. You know, all caps. And then, next after that is, Kareem's wife being white is crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 there's no, there's no way. You know she was in season one, right? Yes, but I'm so sorry. Like, see there again reminded me. Like, tell me you don't think it's crazy. I, it, it, he found someone that loved him. No, it's not him. even that. But like, you know how Kareem is. <laughs> I know. I'm saying she, she, she still loved him for him, and he loved her as well. Continue. Fair. Fair. No, no, I'm, I'm done. I just wanted to say those two things. The other one. Just wanted to. Talk, talk, I just don't. Uh, uh, you, just, you, just, you think you should be with her? Oh, to be fair, you always go around saying like Nubian queen. That's you. No, oh my so, god. No, see the like, things like I don't. You leave before you leave your house. You 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 salute your picture of Doctor Omar. So it makes sense that like, this is these are your thoughts. I have no, I have no opinion. Believe we should all go with. back to. I just think him being the way he is. Marrying no, no, no. Okay, I, no. Okay, if I'm being honest, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's an interesting thing. Like he's like. The, the, I think he met her probably met her after he became Karim didn't he like it's, it's an interesting thing but it, it, I guess it shows a bit of like nuance that like he didn't go full yeah. Dr. Omar Hotep <laughs> yeah Dr. Hotep yeah he he just he has the ideas but not necessarily like he's not like a strict or what they call it practitioner fundamentalist I, I, I'm joking a bit but I, I agree with what you're saying mm. there's like a whole quote from Magic's memoir about that whole brunch I don't know if I should if there's a point of going through all of it um, but apparently like the so what Magic says to him is like, um, hey, Norm, would you stop eating all my fruit? So which is obviously the, and then and he says, everybody laughed. I'm sure, I'm sure Norm was so happy <laughs> about the situation. Um, okay. Any final thoughts for me? I mean, everything like, we, I think we've kind of littered the fact checking throughout the episode. Obviously the episode fact checks one of the wildest things, which is that he actually played in jeans. Um, the episode told us that that was true from the, from the jump. Okay, any final thoughts you guys want to share before we move on? Before we I'm excited for this season, man. I think it might be better than season one. I have that feeling after three episodes. So Yeah, I'm, I'm still quite afraid because there are only four episodes left. Like, I'm just like... Ugh. Yeah, I actually wish it was longer already. Yeah, I wish it was a full 10. But yeah, see. We'll see. Yeah, apparently like all the um, Larry Bird, all the dad stuff was true as well. Oh, shit. I forgot to put this in my fact checking. Yeah, um, so apparently Jerry does trade um Johnny's girlfriend which is wild it's so it's so wild man and then in Jenny's memoir she kind of really puts it on 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 Jerry she's like um Diane who is like the girl just 19 at the time was a member of the strings in those days and dating my brother Johnny 
that didn't save her, however, from being traded when my dad had an opportunity to get Chris Everett. He sent in, um, Diane to the Indiana Loves. So, like, printed that it was... Oh, so was it wasn't um, it wasn't Martina that he traded for? No, so uh, he traded for, for Chris Everett and then Jeannie uses it to get Martina. So, so, so I guess this show kind of, like, compressed it. Cause she, so she got Martina after yeah. the, the trade and then she got her first championship when she was 19. Wow. Um, Wait, like Genie got championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because was that was her team now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ebuka, you know, you guys know because I was just thinking, you guys, you guys know who plays Red, right? No, Red Albert. Yeah, things. I do. Yeah, that's Christopher's Michael, boy. Is it, yeah, it's like ah, he, he was in the Shield, man. From the Shield, yeah. I'll, um, I'll, is Michael Chiklis who, who I always what know special? as um, what they call it, Ben Grimm. He's my Ben Grimm, so. Oh, oh crap! That's how that's how I always see him, Ben Green from Fantastic Four, but yeah, he looks so different as, oh, as crap. Red. That is him. Huh. Yeah, he does look different. Yeah. It's the hair. Okay, um, I think that's a good place to end it. We'll be back next week talking about episode four. Um, hopefully some ba- more basketball. I, I miss the basketball scene. It's quite fun. Um, basketball is coming up, man. We have the eighty-two, three, four, and five. Yeah, that's like six. yeah, because yeah. what the summer eighty-four. What was it to fight? What? The Boston, what, what we started the season with. That was 84, I think. Was it 84? Or oh, when they won at Boston. Yeah, I think that was yeah, 84. 84. So I we think. need to get there before the end of the season. What, what were you talking about when you said it's two, four, five, six? Well, I just meant like that's the span where the rivalry was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, yeah. So trading. More, more, um, thank you. More basketball this season. But I think for now, that's us done. We'll be back next week talking about episode four. Um, any final thoughts, guys? Okay. Well, Over and out. yeah. So please um, share this podcast with anyone you know that, that watches the show. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, please obviously like and subscribe and follow on all that stuff. And yeah, we'll be back next week when we'll be talking about more basketball, more winning time with the great Daniel Kaluuya. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Chris, you never say bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> Wow. Put that in the episode. Uh...